Hello, everyone. This is Travis G. Vernon, and welcome to today's podcast. I am an absolute sucker for animals, especially dogs. My sophomore year of college, I made the critical mistake of going into the dog pound. There was this pointer lab healer mix breed in this top kennel that was just sitting there and shaking. And I thought, oh, that's not cool. So I asked the attendant if I could get that dog out. They said, sure. So the placard on the dog said that it was a pointer lab healer and that it was a female. Well, as soon as I got him out, I could tell he wasn't a female. And the minute his feet touched the ground, he stopped shaking. He was so excited. We sat there and played and played. And I called my wife and said, well, I can't leave this dog here. At the time, I was in married student housing, which does not allow pets of any kind. So I had to make some phone calls, see if my sister could take care of my pup for a bit, pulled some strings, did everything I could, and I bought my first house as a sophomore in college because I needed to bring that dog home. He was such a fun pup. Named him Chester. During the summer peak season, I was a full-time fly fishing guide, and one of my best friends is a waterfowl guide all through the fall into the spring snow goose hunts. Now this buddy of mine was a little disappointed in me that I had picked up a mixed breed dog and not a dog specifically designed for waterfowl. But I kept thinking, you should be able to train any dog to do anything. So I started working on retrieves with this dog. He liked the water, but he really hated mud, which for a waterfowl dog, that can be a problem. But he was a great retriever. His real calling ended up being pheasants. Great little flushing dog for pheasants, grouse. But I really wanted a waterfowl dog, and I was working so hard with him on being a good waterfowl dog and being able to swim out and make retrieves and do all these things. So every night after work, after school, I'd go out and throw bumpers for Chester. We'd go to the lake and throw bumper after bumper after bumper. He'd swim out and get them, and it became really, really fun. I'm not sure what it was, about actual birds. Maybe I just started him too late on actually retrieving birds and not a bumper. But it took him a while to figure out what a real bird was to put the training together with what the training was for. He really struggled sitting in a blind. He enjoyed more the flushing aspect. If you took him out to jump shoot ducks on the river, he was money. He'd stay on heel. You'd be able to get your shots in send him on hand signals, but it took a couple of years to get him to that point. One of the very first waterfowl hunts I took him on, we were set up on a river mouth where it came into a reservoir. Problem number one, the entire thing was mud. We packed out dead sagebrush and sticks and branches for hours to be able to build up a blind big enough that we were able to sit behind it and set out a decoy spread. And it was just one of those days in the duck blind where not a lot of birds were moving. Didn't have much going on. When all of the sudden, Chester pretty much goes on point, which he would do on occasion. He wasn't consistent. He wouldn't typically point. He did have a pointing bloodline, so on occasion he would. And I thought it was pretty funny. He was pointing a big hen common merganser. Well, she paddles down the river and then walks over and gets out on the bank 20 yards away from where our blind is. And he's losing his mind. 
Jester's like, come on, come on, come on. There's a bird right there. There's a bird right there. So I wait a bit and wait a bit and wait a bit. And there are just no birds flying. So I finally decide, fine, let's shoot this merganser. At least he'll get one bird and retrieve. So I stand up. Merganser doesn't do anything. Step outside of the blind. It walks into the water and starts to swim away. I had to run towards it to get it to fly. And even then, it's doing the diver merganser run on top of the water, trying to gain altitude. Just as it starts to finally get up off the water, I sluice it at about 40 yards. Off Chester goes, swims out, grabs a merganser, brings it right back to hand. It was probably his first really good retrieve, where everything was clockwork, everything went the way it was supposed to. The bizarre thing about that merganser, the reason it was struggling to fly, it had a tail sticking out of its mouth of a fish. So that was really the only bird we'd seen all day. So we call it a day and head home. When I get home, I take the tail of that fish and pull it out. And it was a nine inch long rainbow trout. Could not believe that a merganser would eat a fish of that size. It also changed my opinion when I see a whole bunch of them on the reservoirs now. Because I know what kind of damage they're doing. I know a lot of people don't shoot mergansers. I know a lot of people don't like mergansers. I shoot them just for the protection of the fisheries. They're a big bird, and it's a good retrieve for the dogs. As I've said before, I don't shoot something unless I'm going to use it. So what I like to do with mergansers is I slice up the breast meat just like I would make for my jerky. Throw it on the smoker. I just don't use any seasonings, so it's just smoked merganser meat. And then I throw them in the freezer. And that's what I use for dog treats. They love them. It's good for them. It's organic, free-ranged wild merganser. So one day, there I am, sitting in a duck blind with my friend Jason. And he's got all of his dogs, so I usually wouldn't bring Chester when I was hunting with Jason. Because he had absolutely exceptional water dogs. His dogs were so well-trained that if his dogs were coming, I was embarrassed to have my dog around him. Which is kind of harsh to say now. Because I miss Chester. He was a good pup. But on this one occasion, sitting in the duck blind with Jason, and in my waterfowl bag is one of these bags of merganser jerky. Well, Jason knows that I love to make jerky, so he's excited. He's like, oh, is that some of your jerky? I'm like, yes, but... And before I can say anything, he reaches in the bag, pulls out a piece, and starts to eat it. He continues to eat the merganser jerky, and I don't say anything. I let him eat that entire bag. And to this day, he denies it. He says that it was not merganser jerky, it was my regular jerky. And I give him grief because he ate all my dog treats. Now, getting Chester to the point that he would actually make that retrieve that he did on the merganser took quite a bit of training, like I said. A year prior to him making that great retrieve, we were very near the same spot in a blind made up mostly of sagebrush, and a merganser flies up the river, and I shoot it, and the merganser dies on the other side of the river. Give Chester the hand signal, send him instantly into the water, swims the river, runs over, picks up the merganser, stands on the other bank, looks at me, and then looks back towards where I've got the truck parked. Looks back at me, back at the truck. I give him the three short whistle blasts to come, and he just turns around, 
and runs for the truck. Now the truck is three quarters of a mile away. And I watched that dog run all the way back to the truck. And then runs all the way back out to the blind. Swims across the river. Gets to me. No bird. Like, I am so confused. I was so frustrated. Like, I don't know what's going on. What am I doing wrong with the training? Is it just because he's a mixed breed? Is Jason right? Well, yeah, he's a great companion dog. He'll never be a good hunting dog. Well, at the end of that day, I decided I better walk back that trail. See if we can find that bird. I don't find the bird anywhere along the trail. Nowhere where I'd seen him run. When I get back to the truck, it's laying by the tire. So Chester picked up this bird, ran it all the way back to the truck, dropped it off by the tire, and then ran all the way back out to the blind. I was so frustrated by this that I immediately called Jason when I get home. He's in the Midwest guiding bird hunters, and he starts to laugh. He goes, Trav, when you're training your dog, are you always by your truck? I'm like, well, yeah. I drive out into the field, and then I throw bumpers or throw birds. He's like, you've trained your dog to retrieve to the truck, not to retrieve to you. So that's why he was confused on the other bank, and then ran all the way to the truck to leave that duck at the truck before he came back to the blind, because that's what he thought his job was. That was one of those lessons in life when I realized communication is extremely important, regardless of whether it's a person or a pup, understanding the process and the expected result, and knowing that both of you are on the same page, makes everything easier. Now my hard work with Chester paid off. He ended up being an absolutely amazing bird dog. We hunted pheasants, chuckers, grouse, and all sorts of waterfowl. He was a great pup. I'll always be thankful for the lessons that I learned from Chester, and for all the adventures we went on. One last little fun story about Chester. I decided to get him a backpack so that he could pack in his own food when we went on extended camping trips into the mountains. So I get this sweet little pack for him, decide to go on a camp trip. It's going to be about three days, measure out all the food that he's going to need, split the weight up so it's evenly balanced. Off we go into the mountains. We're about three miles in, and we walk past this small pond where a mama mallard instantly goes into the broken wing, stay away from my chicks behavior, and Chester is all over it. Runs down the bank, launches off into the pond, swimming after this duck. I'm blowing the whistle, trying to get him back, and he keeps getting lower and lower in the water. I'm like, oh no, his backpack's taking on water. I take my pack off and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to have to swim out into this muggy pond and get my dog. And he finally comes back to shore. All the dog food is turning to mush. Sometimes with Chester, though, I wondered if he didn't do this kind of stuff on purpose. Because I ended up having to share my food with him for the rest of that trip. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Get out there and live your stories.